Hello and welcome to my podcast on Adnan Syed's case. Should he be incarcerated? Murder is a complicated crime, often fueled by jealousy, rage, and other intense emotions. The murder of Heyman Lee is a mysterious crime where her ex-boyfriend Adnan Syed was convicted and sentenced to 30 years in prison. There are many controversies surrounding Adnan Syed's arrest, trial, and conviction. In fact, in 2016, Judge Martin P. Welch vacated Syed's conviction and ordered a new trial. That decision was upheld by the Maryland Court of Special Appeals but overturned by the Maryland Court of Appeals in 2019. As of February 2020, Brown Law, who is currently representing Adnan, is continuing to explore their legal options. Adnan Syed was a student at Woodlawn High School in Baltimore. According to the Inside Edition article titled Adnan Syed and the Murder of Heyman Lee, written in March 2019, Adnan was described as the dark and handsome high school football player. Adnan was a good student, he had lots of friends, and although he was experimenting with marijuana and making a few poor choices, such as hanging out with people who were selling substances, it appears as though he was on the path of success after his graduation. That it is until the date, January 13th, 1999, when his life would change forever. According to an article written by journalists from Inside Edition in 2019, Adnan and Hay were classmates and friends, both athletic, smart, and outgoing. The writer of this article states, after attending the prom together, as teenagers do, the two fell into an intense relationship. This and many other articles written about this case state, the couple had a good relationship, as per Hayes' writings in her diary and all accounts from her friends. An online news article, Biography, written by Rachel Chang, informs us that in December of 1998, this young couple parted ways as many teenagers do. Adnan and Hay both seemed to get over their heartache in record-breaking fashion. Journalists at Inside Edition added to this writing. Hay moved on to another relationship with an older gentleman named Don, whom she worked with at a lens crafters, and Adnan seemingly continued with his life although not becoming seriously committed to anyone else. On February 28, 1999, Adnan was convicted of first-degree murder of his ex-girlfriend, Hay Min Lee. There were many types of evidence that would have led one to assume Adnan was the guilty party, but I believe there are so many flaws in this evidence and that Adnan is not guilty as charged. First of all, although the police were originally focused on the anonymous caller who reported Hayes' 
remains being found, Adnan became the primary suspect because Jay, one of his friends, told the police that Adnan was the one who killed Hay and that he was there to witness Adnan talk about wanting to kill Hay. And he helped Adnan bury her in Leakin Park. This is one of the biggest factors that convinced the jurors to convict Adnan. Reports from jurors after the trial stated that they wondered why Jay would admit to being an accessory to murder if he was not involved in the actual killing. In my opinion, there are some flaws in Jay's story. One of the major flaws in Jay's story is Best Buy. The drive to Best Buy was exceedingly difficult to accomplish in the time limit of under 30 minutes. Everything would have to be perfectly executed in order to pull off the murder. In the podcast serial, the producers attempted the trip on two occasions, the first time failing, and the second time they did not have a minute to spare. Also, a Best Buy parking lot would be busy during daylight hours, and there were no witnesses that came forward to testify that they had seen an altercation between Adnan and Hay. Jay testified Adnan called him right after the murder. But there was no phone booth in the Best Buy parking lot or inside the store, and at the time of the murder, Jay had Adnan's cell phone, so he would not have been able to use a landline of some time to call Jay. Records dating back to 1999 and even earlier prove that there was no sign of a phone booth at Best Buy. Therefore, how did Adnan call Jay? Writers for an online blog called The View from LL2 state that, According to the cell phone tower records, there was a call made to Jay's phone at 2.36 p.m. If there are no phones near the area where Hay was supposedly murdered, then how was Jay contacted? During the late 1990s and early 2000s, selling marijuana in the state of Maryland is a huge risk but with high reward. This drug was very legal there, and there was fines and jail time of up to five years. Jay was a drug dealer who sold cannabis products to his classmates. In an article written by Natasha Vargas Cooper in 2014, Jay said, and I quote, it wasn't just like I was selling a nickel bag here and there at the time. This is Maryland in the 90s. The drug laws were extremely serious. I saw the ATF and DEA take down guys in my neighborhood for selling much less than I was at the time, and they were sentenced to three to five years. I also ran the operation out of my grandmother's house and also put my family at risk. I had a lot more on the line than just a few bags of weed. I believe because Jay knew some of his friends had already been caught selling drugs by police and he knew it was only a matter of time before he too would be caught. I believe although Jay laid low and operated his cannabis dealing out of his grandma's house, he saw an opportunity in Hay's murder. Jay knew if he has valuable information, he could provide police. This could I this could divert the attention away from his sales and or he could use the information as leverage to protect himself from punishment. In the same interview with Jay, he stated, Well, first of all, 
I wasn't openly willing to cooperate with the police. It wasn't until they made it clear they weren't interested in my procurement of pot that I began to open up. The police seemed to only consider one suspect for the crime, therefore stopped looking for all motives which could have led to a non being found not guilty. In the podcast serial, a detail uncovered by these journalists showed that there was another possible subject that the police could have focused on. His name was Ronald Lee Moore. He was released from the Baltimore City Correctional Center on January 13th, the same day as Hayes' murder. He had been known for killing many women, and this could have tied him to the death of Heyman Lee. Many people believe that because DNA test was performed years later, showed no signs from Robert. He could have not been the suspect. There are also no traces of Adnan's DNA found either. Reasonable doubt? I think so. According to the Baltimore Sun, the test showed no DNA match for anyone except for Lee and an unidentified woman. Jay said Anand committed the murder and had tons of evidence to prove it, such as the location of Hayes' car, where the body was, Anand's suspicious behavior, and the calls he made that day, even though that information was not entirely accurate. But there is no physical evidence to tie Anand to this murder. There must be more to the story. The police seemed to only consider one suspect for the crime, therefore stopped looking for all motives which could have led to a nun being found not guilty. In the podcast serial, a detail uncovered by these journalists showed that there was another possible subject that the police could have focused on. His name was Ronald Lee Moore. He was released from the Baltimore City Correctional Center on January 13th, the same day as Hayes' murder. He had been known for killing many women, and this could have tied him to the death of Heyman Lee. Many people believe that because DNA test was performed years later, showed no signs from Robert. He could have not been the suspect. There are also no traces of Adnan's DNA found either. Reasonable doubt? I think so. According to the Baltimore Sun, the test showed no DNA match for anyone except for Lee and an unidentified woman. Jay said Anand committed the murder and had tons of evidence to prove it, such as the location of Hayes' car, where the body was, Anand's suspicious behavior and the calls he made that day, even though that information was not entirely accurate. But there is no physical evidence to tie Adnan to this murder. There must be more to the story. One of the other things to consider in this case was whether or not the jury was influenced by the presence of Islamophobia. Islamophobia, described by NewsGallop.com, is an exaggerated fear, hatred, and hostility towards Islam and Muslims that is perpetrated by negative stereotypes resulting in bias, discrimination, and the marginalization of and exclusion of Muslims from social, political, and civic life. During the last 1990s and early 2000s, there were rising tensions between Islamic states and the USA. 
there was a war between the Middle East and the United States. It was the time of Osama bin Laden's rise to power. Many people were afraid of the Muslim culture and the actions of Muslim people portrayed in the media. According to the juror in the serial podcast, he did not know how Muslim men treated women. This means that the juror just did not know many things about Islam or could be afraid of the culture. He could have made his judgment based on what he has heard from Muslim men. According to The Atlantic in 2014, one juror couldn't be fair to a Muslim defendant because a Muslim friend mistreats his wife, or another that keeps referring to Adnan as a Pakistani, even though Adnan was born and raised in America. Adnan was not very religious and was similar to a typical American teenager who did what any other teen would do. I wonder if the jury would have seen him as guilty if Adnan was not Muslim. I think Adnan should not be incarcerated and he should be put on bail pending a further trial for parole for time served instead. Another trial should be put into place to review every bit of evidence until Adnan is fully proven guilty. Because of the way the evidence and the story lined up, beyond a reasonable doubt seems like a harsh judgment towards Adnan. I think that the listeners should think about what makes the case worthy of beyond a reasonable doubt. Does it include proper evidence and is it not rushed during the prosecution phase? Beyond a reasonable doubt is an effective strategy, but it can lead to confusion and false conclusions if used incorrectly. If the evidence and DNA evidence were performed and presented in a better way and a better time, Adnan could be living as a free man and he would not be Heyman Lee's murderer. That is, unless there are more hidden details to this confusing case, and then we can find out who the real killer is. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Anand Syed. I hope you enjoy it.